Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. I'm a ranger in Yosemite National Park, and I believe I've witnessed something that people refer to as a real life alien spaceship. I even had the audacity to touch it with my bare hands. It was a few years back when I was still quite new to the job, on May 7, 2003, to be exact. I was assigned to patrol an area due to reports of strange sounds being heard every night past midnight. There were also rumors of dazzling light shows resembling full laser displays. Some speculated that teenagers were having parties in the woods as the reason behind these noises, but deep down, I knew that explanation didn't make any sense. A couple of rangers had already been investigating the case, but with little progress. That's when I was added to the team. At 23 years old, full of enthusiasm to solve the mystery, I delved into every aspect of the investigation. I meticulously gathered testimonies from witnesses, surveyed the entire area, and tracked possible suspects. I even started camping in the suspected sites. Night after night, I immersed myself in the darkness of the woods, becoming intimately familiar with the creatures that emerged when the sun set. I witnessed unexplainable phenomena and unexplained disappearance of a human right before my eyes, insects glowing with a mesmerizing flicker of light. I documented everything, but unfortunately, in 2003, phone cameras were not as accessible as they are now, so I had no clear evidence of these extraordinary occurrences. It was during the last night at the final location on the list when everything changed. As the clock neared five, I was setting up camp when suddenly, all my gadgets emitted strange static noises. 
Initially, I considered the possibility of equipment failure and thought about heading back. But something felt off. The day before, everything was functioning perfectly fine. Nonetheless, after a few minutes, the strange static ceased and everything returned to normal. With little hope of finding answers, I shared my discoveries with my fellow rangers. Some believed me, while others laughed it off. To those who believed, they mentioned having witnessed similar phenomena, but failing to find any trace of it upon returning to investigate. It seemed to appear and vanish in the right place at the right time, defying rational explanation. With a glimmer of hope, I returned to the exact spot where the specter had presented itself. I moved around the area, searching every nook and cranny, but to no avail. It was truly gone. As I sat down to have my dinner, the full moon cast its radiant glow, illuminating the surroundings. Lost in my thoughts, I caught a sudden flash of light in my peripheral vision. It was momentary, but it showed me the way. Intrigued, I followed the direction of the light, and soon enough, my walkie-talkie began emitting an intense, unsettling static noise. Fearing it might alert whatever entity was responsible, I swiftly turned it off. With a mix of excitement and trepidation, I scoured the area until, finally, at around 10 p.m., I stumbled upon an awe-inspiring sight. Before me floated a colossal structure resembling an egg with rings like Saturn, slowly ascending into the night sky. Its metallic surface emitted an otherworldly glow, reflecting the moon's light. I hid behind a nearby tree, my heart pounding in my chest. This was it. This was the revelation of an unseen side of our world, and I was an astonished witness to it. Crouching down, I observed the object with bated breath. It hovered, surrounded by its rotating rings, an enigmatic spectacle. It was pitch black, and its presence emanated a deep engine-like rumble. I marveled at its presence, captivated by the sheer magnitude of the moment. Suddenly, the stillness shattered as the outer shell of the object began to crack. The rings on its surface emitted a neon blue light, reminiscent of an ethereal glow. It was a sight beyond comprehension, defying any earthly explanation. My eyes remained fixated on the spectacle as four metallic pipes extended from the craft, acting as sturdy supports. It stood there, frozen in place, and I dared not make a sound. Time seemed to blur as I crouched there, overwhelmed by a mixture of awe and fear. Hours passed, but nothing else transpired. The cracks on the surface of the object closed, returning it to its original form. An eerie stillness settled over the surroundings as the craft slowly began to rise, its presence dominating the night sky. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for answers, I mustered the courage to approach the vessel cautiously. Every movement was deliberate as I crawled on all fours, avoiding any unnecessary noise. With each painstaking inch, I drew closer to the enigmatic craft, anticipation surging through my veins. Finally, I reached out, extending my hand to touch the metallic surface. The sensation was surreal, a smooth, cool texture beneath my fingertips. It was a moment of connection, a tangible encounter with the unknown. However, as I prepared to caress the craft, a high-pitched noise pierced the air, reverberating through my eardrums. The intensity was overwhelming, causing me to clutch my ears in agony. The next thing I knew, I awakened in a hospital bed, disoriented and bewildered. I had been found unconscious by a fellow ranger and rushed to the hospital when I failed to regain consciousness. The details surrounding my sudden collapse remained a mystery, but I knew deep down that my encounter with the otherworldly craft had played a part. Since that fateful day, I've become even more determined to uncover concrete evidence of their existence. The encounter, the warning signal of the high-pitched noise, and the subsequent disappearance of the craft all reinforced my belief that these beings walked among us, observing from the shadows. They were aware of our presence, and perhaps they had become more cautious, making their activities less frequent and conspicuous. Armed with my conviction, I continue my search for proof, hoping to share my extraordinary experiences with those willing to listen. The encounter with the alien ship had forever altered my perception of the world, reminding me that there is still so much left to uncover. As a ranger in Yosemite National Park, 
I stand as a guardian of the uncharted, forever vigilant, and forever seeking answers to the mysteries that lie within the vastness of the unknown. I work for a security company. We install CCTV on construction sites. One night about 2 a.m. our response officer gets a call from the monitoring station to say there's a guy walking around one of the buildings under construction. They described him as tall, dressed in all black with his hood up, but couldn't see his face because he had his back to the camera. He wasn't stealing or vandalizing, just wandering around usually homeless looking for shelter. So the response goes to investigate. When he gets there, there's nobody around. So he asked the station to check the camera covering the only way in or out of the building to see which direction he went. Nothing. He does a full patrol of the site and there's no trace of anyone. The only other way for this guy to get out was to shimmy down the scaffolding and he could be hurt so the officer asks the station to do a check on all of the camera footage through the night. Nothing. The next day, we asked the station to send over the stills from when they initially picked the intruder up. He's not on any of them. Just footage of our response officer waking around. We were pretty freaked out talking about it in the office, and it was laughed off as the monitoring officer being sleepy and seeing things, except the cameras we use have IR beams, and they only alert the monitoring station when someone breaks them. It was a 2 a.m. type late on a Friday night after a party. Me and her both 18 are at the local state park admiring the moonlight and each other's private parts at the lakeside. I hear slow calculated footsteps behind us. The kind of slow that makes you think someone is trying to hide their approach. I don't remember if it was crunchy leaves or what that gave them away, but I'm just glad I turned around. I look back and see two shadow figures were there, coming towards us from the road and maybe 50 yards away. My car was behind them, and we are definitely the only people in the entire park at this time late at night. I stand up and I say out loud something like, Guys, what's up? They don't respond but keep moving towards us until I say to them with a little more tension, Stop moving. They stop maybe 30 feet from us and are a little more visible now. One's got a tank top and camo pants, the other has full camo pants and jacket and what I'm pretty sure was a black paintball mask. Tank top guy starts with, hey guys, sorry we didn't mean to scare you, then says they were just noticing my car parked there illegally and that cops ticket all the time here at night. So I said thank you for letting us know, but then they didn't move. Awkward silence. I said, great thank you. Again and still nothing except Tank Top tried to talk about parking tickets again. I noticed Paintball Mask had his hands stuffed in his jacket pockets, so I thought it was time to ask him to remove them. Another awkward silence. Of course he didn't, so I asked him again. Another silence. He finally removed them and that was it. The guys walked away and kind of just disappeared into the woods. We ran to our car spooked and couldn't stop checking in the rearview mirror, the whole way out of the park. We checked the computer when we got home and find out all kinds of complaints were being made there about assaults on couples at night. In the 80s there was a serial murderer on couples there too who'd never been caught. All around spooky and until now I have unnecessary laser focus hearing behind me at night. Fifteen years ago, I went camping with two school friends in Bushland that backed onto my dad's property in Warriyalik, Australia. My dad didn't spend much time at the house, but said we could use it as a base to dump any gear we might not need. He also gave me a heads up that he might creep up to our campsite that night and scare the guys I was with. We hiked from the house for about four hours through very dense bush, where we found a clearing and decided to set up our camp. Looking around the place for firewood, we kept turning up a lot of old bones. Some so old they almost looked like wood. We concluded that due to the land once being used for farming, it was likely they were cow bones. We came up with a few more theories for the sake of scaring each other, then built our fire, even burning a couple of the wood-like bones just to see what would happen and settled in. 
I was woken up by one of my buddies at about 1 a.m. who said he swears he saw torchlight on the tent wall. Excellent, I thought. We sat in silence for a few minutes before the light came back. This was great. I really hammed it up, making up stories about murders in the area and escaped prisoners. The light from the torch fixed on our tent, then switched off. We could hear leaves and sticks moving around outside and my buddies were on the verge of tears. Then we started hearing whispering outside, as well as some low mumbling. Dad had brought some friends in on the prank, dedicated. The torch light came back on and pressed right up to the tent wall, and a hand began tapping across the top while the whispering continued. My dad had brought some friends in on the prank and convinced them to walk four hours through dense scrub in the middle of the night just to shine a torch on our tent. I started to panic. Then it just stopped completely, about an hour after it began. We sat in total silence aside from the sobbing of my buddies, and at dawn packed up and got the F out. We got back to the house and Dad was there. He apologized and said he'd planned to come out and see us last night, but fell asleep at his girlfriend's house. We told him about what happened, and he was genuinely dumbfounded. Interestingly, I went back to the spot a couple of years ago after telling this story to a friend. We found a small shack made of corrugated iron pockmarked with bullet holes, a 44-gallon drum full of burned clothes, a pile of firewood, and two axes. Who knows if it's related, but it was creepy. Spent a week with a Shure family in the Amazon about 15 miles from Chone, Ecuador. Little background. Three of us gringo medical pre-medical students were staying with them on a medical education rotation, learning about traditional remedies. It was a blast. We stayed in a, in a separate shelter from the family, and the walls of our shelter was decorated with giant snakeskins and tiger skins those beasts that had wandered too close to camp over the years. The jungle is a loud place to sleep. Millions of animals and insects clamor all night long, and it blends into a sort of peaceful cacophony. After the gunshot rang out at 3 a.m., the cacophony was gone. Absolute silence. It was the scariest sound I had ever heard. We clung to my two and knife, telling ourselves that it would protect us from whatever was coming. We cowered across from the entrance to our shelter, awaiting what was to come. Certain a tiger was lurking, or that our lovely hosts had decided they were sick of us. We sat and shivered through the night. The silence was terrifying. When the sun rose and we finally felt confident enough to venture outside. It turned out an unlucky capybara wandered through camp during the night. Poor little bugger got shot in the face at 3 a.m. and was the first meat we had eaten all week by 7 a.m. Tasted like greasy venison. I'll never forget that night or that lovely family. In 28, I was in the Navy. We were 100 plus miles from any land. It was about 3, 4 a.m. off the coast of Peru. I was an electronics technician, so I worked in radio with one other guy, a radio man, and we just sat up scanning on HF, UHF, and VHF radios listening for drug runners. We intercepted a UHF signal that played a short piano preamble, followed by a haunting, computerized sounding woman's voice reading numbers. 11, 9, 4, 6, etc. This went on for about a minute, then the preamble repeated followed by the same number sequence, then it was gone. We recorded the transmission, wrote the numbers down, informed the captain, and shortly a message was sent off to the area commander about the strange message. The reply we received was to disregard. Creep me right the F out. I came to find out that this is a numbers station, and while the phenomenon is not entirely understood, it's likely a method for getting a secure message or code to an intelligence agent in the field over an insecure method of communication. Since the numbers could be attached to a one-time code, it's basically indecipherable. From May 2010 to May 2011, I worked as a security guard at a hydroelectric dam in Virginia. It was a fairly isolated location, 
If you needed an ambulance, you could expect at least a 20-minute wait. About a month after I was hired, one of the guys at the dam told me that most security guards out there quit after a few days because they got so creeped out being alone at the dam at night, and he was glad I was sticking it out. In truth, it could be creepy. Sometimes at night, when I was patrolling the basement level of the dam itself, I'd think about the fact that I was 50 feet below the waterline on the low side, the only human being in about a mile and a half radius. Sometimes I'd hear weird noises in the woods or catch a flash of a shadow while I was inside the dam. It takes a lot to scare me though, and I knew I was either hearing critters in the woods or my mind was playing tricks on me. One night, however, something happened that scared the living hell out of me. It was a little after 11 p.m. and I was sitting in the guardhouse reading a book. Suddenly, I heard a tap at the door. What was creepy about the guardhouse at night was that when you had the lamp inside turned on, people could look through the windows at you, but the glare made it difficult for you to see outside. When I heard the tap at the door, I thought it was a bug hitting the glass. It was so faint, and I knew there weren't any contractors at the dam. I had the place to myself. Then the tap came again, more insistent this time. I grabbed my flashlight and opened the door. There was no one there. Then I let the door slip from my hand and shut behind me. To my left, previously concealed by the door as I had opened, it was a huge man, at least 400 pounds, wearing a gray sweatshirt and gray sweatpants. The sweatshirt was smeared with fresh blood. My heart started hammering. My blood ran cold. I was so scared I couldn't speak. As it turns out, he was a local fisherman who had been fishing off the bridge over the tail race, and he was wondering why the power company hadn't started back pumping into the lake yet, because they usually started a little before 11, and that was what always drew in the big striped base. He was smeared with blood because he'd already caught and gutted a couple and wiped his hands on his shirt. He felt really bad when he realized that he had approached me basically in the same way that a murderer in a horror movie would have. I am thankful to this day that I was unarmed security, because if I'd had a gun, I would have either shot him or accidentally shot myself while trying to shoot him. I was deer hunting on some private land. In back of me was another hunter who had built himself a blind out of straw bales on a slight hill. It was early in the morning when I saw a reddish dog loping at the other end of the field going across our field of view. The stupid idiot started firing his gun at the dog thinking it was a deer. Unfortunately, he was also firing over my head. I could hear the snap of the 306 bullets over my head. It was obvious he couldn't hit the ground with his hat, so I carefully moved away from the line of fire. Later that morning crouched in a low dip, some other idiot started firing his gun at something, the bullets rattling the leaves above my head. I was all done after that. Gave my guns to my son and never set a foot in the woods again during deer season. A few years ago, maybe four or five years, I heard a knock on my door. I live in a large apartment complex with a dozen other tenants. Remembering this almost feels like a dream when I try to recall it now. I remember going to the door and opening it up, and there were two men in suits. I want to say they had sunglasses on, but I honestly don't know if that's me just misremembering. Maybe I'm just thinking of the classic men in black scenario, and it's morphing with my actual memory. Either way, I don't remember their features at all, really. But they were definitely in suits. All they did was ask me one question, and it was something like, Hey, does this person live here? Do you know this person? I remember just saying no, and they were like, okay, and I assumed they thanked me and left. As lame as this sounds, I'm actually a bit frazzled as I type this because I know this happened, but I can't remember a lot of it for some reason. Looking back, I'm not sure why I didn't find this more odd or didn't share it with anyone. I don't even know what I'm doing here, but I guess I want to get this memory out somewhere. Thanks for listening. Just the other night, I came home to find one of my mounts had fallen from the wall. 
Later that night my IR sensor came unglued from the same wall and fell off. At the time this happened no one was home and the AC heat was off. I built the house new and moved in about five months ago. The mount was one of the first thing I hung on the wall. It hangs on a half dry wall screw which was still solid in the wood plank wall backed by three quarters plywood about 12 feet from the floor on an interior wall. The bracket on back of the mount was also good. A little creepy. We got to where the first thing we do when we get home is to see if the mount is still on the wall. Not sure if I believe in ghosts, but I have several stories that make me believe there is something going on in the background. I have on several occasions had weird unexplained experiences in several different places. After a while makes you start questioning yourself. I was camping in upstate New York a week after two prisoners escaped. This was a high notoriety escape and was national news. My girlfriend and I had hiked and camped for two days before this. We were very comfortable, had met a lot of awesome people, but everyone was on alert of the escapees. We had settled in, in a remote area upstate New York with no one around that night. I was sound asleep that night. At 5.30 a.m. I had started to awake, but stayed in my tent, not trying to awake, but to maybe go back to sleep for an hour or two. Not long after I was awake did I hear rustling in the woods around our campsite. At first it was a few rustles, which caught my attention, but not enough to be alarmed. Suddenly, the rustles are right outside our tent, and I am on edge. Before I could even tap my girlfriend, all hell breaks loose. My tent is slashed open with a knife while I am watching. My heart almost went through my throat. Before I knew what was happening, I was being pile-driven into the ground by men with guns. Thankfully, I had noticed in the seconds that the men had police armor on. I started screaming out my name, my address, my social security number. Everything. My girlfriend was even jumped on and forcefully subdued while she was sleeping. Once everyone's adrenaline calmed down, we showed our IDs and proved we were just camping. It was one of the scariest moments of my life, and also for the police officers that subdued us. Turns out we were not far from where they were just spotted, and the police hadn't come across anyone in days. They had thought for sure they had come upon the escapees' camp. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Two deputy sheriffs believe that they have seen a tall, dark figure just outside the city limits of Oceanside, California. They both stated that they were viewing this creature standing on the other side of an eight-foot-tall chain-link fence. The officers state they saw it moving its head back and forth, as if looking around at the area. This is when one of the deputies decides to go get his light for more illumination. When he returned, he says that whatever it was on the other side of the fence had moved off into some bushes out of sight range, leaving him with no idea of what he had just witnessed. Another sighting comes from two teenagers who were driving alongside Beach Boulevard in Oceanside on the 14th. They spotted what they thought was a bear on the side of the road, but this soon proved to be incorrect. One of the teens stated that he got out his light, shined it at the thing, only to find that there were no eyes. 
This is when they both ran back to their car and took off in fear, not wanting to see any more. During November of 2012, there had also been numerous UFO sightings all across California. Could these so-called sightings be related somehow? People are always reporting strange lights over cities here in America. What makes these reports any different? What do you think about all these weird happenings taking place today? Is this some sort of warning or sign for humans? Or are people simply making these up because we're desperate for attention? They went on to mention that there were several people that had filed reports of tall, dark figures in the area. They also stated that they were not sure if these incidents were connected, but it seems highly possible since they occurred on the same day. Now, our final report comes from yet another deputy from Graham County, Arizona. He states that while he was on duty around 3 in the morning, he heard a very strange noise coming from outside this location. When he went to investigate what the sound could have been, he says there was a tall, dark figure standing out there in front of him, near an old abandoned meat facility. What makes this sighting even more interesting is that this site was surrounded by open fields and little else. There is no way possible for somebody to hide out there. So what was this thing doing just standing there, staring at the deputy? When asked why he didn't do anything to apprehend it or even fire upon it, he said that he felt paralyzed with fear. He claims that his mind was telling him one thing, but his body would simply not listen. This is when he went back inside the building, calling for backup. When other deputies arrived on location, they could find no sign of any type of activity taking place. There were also no footprints found near the fence line or anywhere else throughout the dirt road leading up to where this creature had been seen standing. Imagine living in a world where you fear everything around you. You never know if something is lurking in the shadows or waiting for its next victim. Those are the people who have to live with this kind of anxiety all the time. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to live in a world where every dark corner could hold some unseen danger? What if there was something out there that was watching every move, hiding when needed, only to return once again when you least expect it, to strike without any warning? These are just some questions that many individuals could ask themselves whenever they hear stories about strange sightings taking place somewhere in or near their own city. Every day somebody else is coming forward, claiming that they have seen something out of this world or not quite human in appearance. Whether these claims are true or not is anybody's guess at this point. But what if one day, whatever is hiding in the shadows decides that we are not the ones who should be living on this planet anymore? That is a very deep and creepy thought to ponder about during one's downtime. Hopefully, these stories of strange encounters will just turn out to be lurking in the shadows and not actually be true. I was one of the naval officers fortunate enough to serve near Key West, where our days were filled with maritime duties and the constant vigilance that comes with protecting our nation's waters. It was a day like any other, with the sun casting its golden rays upon the endless expanse of ocean before us. As our motor launch smoothly cut through the gentle waves, our attention was abruptly captured by a sight that defied all reason. Suspended above the water, gleaming in the sunlight, was a cigar-shaped object unlike anything we had ever encountered. It hovered there, a silent enigma against the backdrop of the vast blue horizon. The bewilderment that gripped our hearts was soon interrupted by the arrival of a fighter plane, seemingly materializing out of thin air. With a swift maneuver, it darted toward the unidentified object, causing it to retreat into the heavens, vanishing in mere seconds. The abrupt departure left us stunned, our minds racing to comprehend the inexplicable events that had just unfolded before our eyes. Our motor launch eventually returned to the safety of the dock, the weight of our encounter weighing heavily upon our minds. To our astonishment, as soon as we disembarked, we found ourselves surrounded by a group of men clad in dark suits. Their presence exuded an air of authority, their steely gazes leaving little room for doubt. They swiftly took control of the situation, subjecting us to an interrogation that felt more like an attempt to discredit us than to seek the truth. Hours passed, filled with probing questions and skeptical glances, 
as if our accounts were nothing more than figments of an overactive imagination. The men in dark suits seemed determined to cast doubt upon our credibility, painting our remarkable experience as a fabrication or a misinterpretation of natural phenomena. The weight of their skepticism grew heavier with each passing moment, their relentless pursuit of discrediting our claims becoming more apparent. We were left to wonder, why were they so eager to silence our voices? What was it about our encounter that threatened their carefully constructed narratives? The truth remained tantalizingly out of reach, hidden behind a veil of secrecy and doubt. Though we were released from their clutches, their questioning left an indelible mark upon our memories. We were left with more questions than answers, forever haunted by the enigma that had unfolded over the waters near Key West. In the years that followed, we shared our story with those willing to listen, knowing that the truth deserved to be heard. We refused to let our voices be silenced, determined to shed light on the extraordinary events that unfolded before our eyes. To this day, the memory of that hovering object and the subsequent interrogation lingers within us, a testament to the profound mysteries that lie just beyond the veil of what we consider to be reality. And though our credibility may have been questioned, our conviction remains unyielding, reminding us that some truths are meant to be known, regardless of the attempts to suppress them. I must preface this story by assuring you that every word I'm about to share is true. It was an unimaginable thing that I, Jake, a father of two girls and an occasional outdoorsman, experienced deep in the heart of a remote mountain town near Texas. This is a story of a hunting trip gone horribly wrong, where my companions and I faced an unimaginable terror. It all began when a group of 11 seasoned hunters, including myself, gathered in the rustic town. The crisp autumn air carried whispers of elusive elk roaming the treacherous wilderness. Determined to conquer the challenge, we set out on an expedition to a hidden, unmarked location deep within the woods. As we trekked further into the wilderness, excitement coursed through our veins. However, our enthusiasm quickly waned as our compass inexplicably malfunctioned. The needle spun aimlessly, leaving us disoriented and vulnerable. A sense of unease settled upon us, as if unseen eyes were watching our every move. Undeterred, we pushed forward, relying on our instincts and experience. But the woods grew denser, and an eerie silence enveloped the landscape. Branches creaked underfoot, and the rustling of leaves seemed to echo with an otherworldly presence. Suddenly, chaos erupted. We scattered, separated by the onslaught of an enormous creature that emerged from the shadows. Towering and powerful, it resembled a beastly figure akin to Bigfoot, but far more menacing in stature. Panic gripped our souls as it hunted us down, one by one, with ruthless efficiency. I fought for my life with every ounce of strength and survival instinct I possessed. In a fierce battle, I managed to best the creature, but the victory was hollow. As its life force dissipated, it inexplicably evaporated leaving only a pile of bones as a haunting testament to its existence. Bloodied and battered, I emerged as the sole survivor of the harrowing encounter. Determined to escape this hellish nightmare, I pressed on, searching for any sign of civilization. Exhaustion threatened to consume me as I wandered aimlessly through the dense foliage. And then, as if guided by some unseen force, I stumbled upon a surreal sight hidden within the woods, a set of stairs, seemingly out of place amidst the natural surroundings. Driven by desperation, I climbed those stairs, not knowing what lay ahead. To my astonishment, as I reached the top, I found myself standing in the very camp where our ill-fated journey began. It was a maddening realization, a loop in the fabric of reality itself. Time had folded in on itself, leading me back to the origin of our doomed expedition. Now, burdened with the knowledge of the horrors that unfolded in those woods, I find myself haunted by questions that may never be answered. What was the true nature of that creature? How did those stairs appear in the heart of the wilderness? Is this all just a cruel twist of fate? This story serves as a warning to those who dare venture into the unknown, for there are forces lurking in the depths of the wild that defy comprehension. As for me, I carry the weight of this experience, 
forever marked by the inexplicable events that transpired in that remote Texas town. My brother and I decided to go on a sailing trip. We're both Marines, so we don't get to see each other often. We made camp on a small island with a decently sized patch of trees. At 2 a.m. or so, we heard a boat coming towards us. Our fire had died down, but was still visible. This was a remote area, so it felt off that someone would be coming to our campsite. We grabbed our weapons and quietly went into the tree line. Some scraggly looking guy started rifling through our shit, then started walking toward our boat with a rope. I decided to confront him, and my brother stayed back. To alert this stranger to my presence, I pumped my shotgun and asked him what the hell he was doing in our camp. Before this guy could say anything, I heard another guy in the darkness beyond the fire scream for me to drop my gun, or he would kill me. Before I could react, my brother opened fire on the second guy, and I shot the first guy. I retreated back to the tree line, and my brother asked if I was good. I told him I was alright. We did a perimeter sweep, gathered our shit, and destroyed, sank their boat. When we got back to shore, we contacted the state police and told them what happened. They detained us until our story could be cleared, then released us. So glad we decided to go together, or there's a good chance one of us could have been killed. Edit. To clarify, both died after being shot. We sank the boat in case there were any others that hid after the initial confrontation to avoid being followed. We didn't take their boat because that would have looked really bad if we got stopped on our way back my brother and I were detained until our story could be verified. Once the evidence was gathered and processed, we were released. We found out the men had been convicted of assault and burglary multiple times. We were never charged with anything, but sought legal counsel in case it did happen. To those messaging me saying I'm a coward or murderer, put yourself in the situation we were in. A stranger comes to our camp, starts stealing, and when confronted, his accomplice threatened to kill me and leveled a weapon at me. I shot because I didn't know how many others my brother might be dealing with, and I wasn't going to turn my back to someone who clearly meant harm. In the context of the situation, it was threat non-threat. In this report, I wish to remain completely anonymous. I'm a police officer and I had a sighting of a strange humanoid werewolf-looking creature while patrolling a rural section of Baxter County, Arkansas. Another officer had spotted the creature at a four-way stop and I was sent to investigate. When I arrived at the location, the peculiar-looking humanoid emerged and started walking across one of the roads, disappearing quickly into the nearby brush. As it turns out, this area has a long history of werewolf-type activity, along with unexplained animal deaths and disappearances. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to assess the creature's size before it vanished into the wooded area. I conducted a search of the location and found several sets of tracks on the dirt roads, but due to recent rainfall, they were not clear enough to determine what might have been responsible. This report is the only official complaint from an officer thus far, although other officers from the same department have come forward to share their knowledge of the area. One officer even mentioned that his own grandfather had told him about a werewolf-like creature living in this vicinity. Due to its remote location, very few people ever venture there, and there had been no other reports until now. Since then, a string of stories about strange and disturbing creatures has emerged from around the world. Some reports, including those on sites like Reddit, mention sightings of werewolf-like creatures. While this is not a new phenomenon, as there have been reports of such beings for centuries in America, one incident stood out among the others. The incident involved a mother and child who witnessed what they believed to be a Bigfoot near their home just outside of town. They managed to position themselves with a camera and started recording. What followed would be familiar to those who have seen werewolves before. The description given resembled a dog or wolf suffering from mange, which causes hair loss and other physical ailments. However, there was an important note, the apparent foul smell emitted by this sickly looking animal. 
Yes, dogmen, Bigfoot, and werewolves have all been associated with strong odors, and this particular sighting seemed highly likely, considering the location. Similar sightings have been reported in these parts, and the locals are aware of what they might be encountering. Another report involved two separate officers, each with their own stories about encounters while patrolling this specific part of Arkansas. Most of these encounters took place at night, and although there is little information available about them, witnesses commonly describe the creatures as being around five to six feet tall, gaunt, and thin. Glowing eyes are also frequently mentioned, which seems to be a common characteristic among these types of encounters. One officer shared that while in the same area, he observed something moving swiftly into the trees. At first, he thought it might be an animal, but then he heard another report over his radio about a Bigfoot sighting nearby. This proximity unsettled him, making him uncertain about what he had truly witnessed. In yet another report, a pilot flying his small plane around 5 a.m. encountered what appeared to be a massive, hairy creature. Several other pilots in the rural region of Arkansas had also spotted it. According to the officer, residents of these areas have been sharing stories for years about encountering these strange creatures, and some claim to know people who hunt them. Among the most intriguing encounters, I found one involving a police officer from Cowling County. He responded to an animal complaint near the town of De Quincey one evening. As he arrived at the scene, he saw two sets of eyes peering from behind a nearby tree, emitting an extremely bright glow. This was his first sighting of what he believed to be a huge canine-like creature. However, when it opened its mouth and let out an otherworldly growl, he backed away in fear. The officer described the creature as approximately eight feet tall, covered in dark, smoky fur. Lastly, the final sighting occurred on Highway 165 near Wilmer, where another officer had responded to a call about children claiming to have seen a Bigfoot or werewolf-like figure. According to their description, this entity had very long arms, hands resembling those of a raccoon or a human, and it was enough to frighten the officer away from the scene. At that time, I was a Presbyterian minister, visiting the bustling city of Chicago with my young son. Our purpose for being there was to explore the wonders of the Museum of Science and Industry, a place that promised to ignite our imaginations and inspire our curiosity. Little did we know that our visit would take an unexpected turn into the realms of mystery and intrigue. As we navigated the labyrinthine corridors of the museum, marveling at the exhibits that unfolded before our eyes, we inadvertently strayed from the well-trodden path. The hallway seemed to twist and turn, leading us deeper into the heart of the building away from the familiar attractions that drew the attention of other visitors. Lost in this maze of unfamiliar territory, we stumbled upon a room that seemed out of place, as if it existed in a different dimension from the rest of the museum. The air hung heavy with an aura of secrecy and anticipation. Our eyes were drawn to a large glass case that stood in the center, its contents obscured by a veil of curiosity. As we approached the case, our senses tingling with anticipation, we were confronted by a sight that defied explanation. Within the glass enclosure lay small humanoid bodies, their forms eerily preserved for all eternity. They possessed a delicate fragility, yet their presence emanated an otherworldly energy that sent shivers down our spines. Before we could fully process the gravity of what we were witnessing, a group of men descended upon us their purpose as enigmatic as the beings encased in glass. They demanded my immediate attention, forcibly guiding me to a secluded corner of the room. Papers were thrust before me, demanding my signature without explanation or respite. Fear mingled with confusion as I complied, their stern gazes leaving no room for defiance. I was granted no opportunity to question or resist. The ordeal was over as abruptly as it had begun, and we were allowed to leave, the weight of secrecy heavy upon my conscience. Confounded by the enigmatic encounter, my young son and I departed the museum, carrying with us a story that defied conventional explanation. Years later, in 1974, my son, now grown, recounted the bizarre incident to Shern Larson of the Center for UFO Studies. 
The memories resurfaced, a reminder of the extraordinary circumstances we had encountered within the Museum of Science and Industry. The details were etched in our minds, forever ingrained in our family's history. To this day, the questions linger. What was the significance of those small humanoid bodies? Who were those men that compelled me to sign those mysterious papers? The answers remain elusive, hidden within the depths of an enigma that continues to captivate the imagination of those willing to explore the uncharted realms of possibility. On March 22, 2013, I, Officer Mike Milner, was checking out a report of missing livestock in the area around Lucachucai, Arizona. I joined Navajo officers in the search and investigation, hoping to find some clues as to where the animals had been taken. We couldn't find any dead animals initially, but Officer Larry Wanuka soon discovered heavy footprints that belonged to a single set of tracks. These tracks led us towards a valley nestled between two close-together cliffs, and there we found the gruesome scene where the animals had been killed and taken their throats ripped open and tongues removed. I decided to climb up into one of the cliff areas, armed with my rifle, keeping watch for any signs of more of these creatures. What happened next was truly astonishing. I later shared the experience exclusively with cryptozoologists, recalling how, while I was at my post, I heard the sound of something large approaching. I couldn't see anything, but I kept hearing it get closer and closer, I recounted. I turned on my light and saw a towering, dark figure about 15 to 20 feet away. It was huge, yet its features were indistinct, no eyes, no mouth, just plain skin covering its body. It was completely naked, devoid of any identifiable gender characteristics. Before I could react, the being swiftly darted away. It was just a crazy moment. I've been working in this area for about 10 years now, and I've never heard of or seen anything like that, I added. While I mentioned the notion of skinwalkers, I must admit that I don't believe it was one. However, my knowledge of Navajo mythology and folklore is limited. Nevertheless, my department chief seems to have an idea about the identity of the creature we encountered, referring to a specific shaman. Initially, we laughed it off, I concluded, but after witnessing what this entity did to our animals, there's no doubt in my mind that it exists. It's worth noting that skinwalkers have long been a topic of speculation. While many Navajo people believe in them, state and law enforcement officials often remain skeptical. Back in 29, a viral video supposedly showing an upright walking figure stirred intrigue. It marked the first time an officer had such a close encounter with one of these creatures. In 2011, the FBI released documents about skinwalkers, but they were largely dismissed and never gained traction in the mainstream media. These leaked documents are now nearly impossible to find. When contacted, the Navajo Nation Police Department, or NNPD, offered no comment on the story. They seem to be extremely cautious about what they choose to publicize and respond to, likely aiming to downplay any rumors or accusations.